This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of From a Woman's Perspective with Marilyn Weston. Heard every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Garden Show is brought to you by the Urban Nature Store. Everything for folks who love wild birds. Six GTA locations including Woodbridge, Mississauga, and Oshawa. Visit urbannaturestore.ca. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. Nice to have you along. And uh, those of you who don't have television sets, uh, well, in fact, we're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not televised te- anyway. Oh, uh, well, but maybe we are, and we just were don't know you it. To, to see into the studio... <laughs> Every time that opening comes on, Charlie and I mouth the lyrics and everything. And we dance. And dance, yes, yes. And you stepped on my foot the last time. I'm sorry. And you know what? We have a special guest with us today. We do. Speaking of the Urban Nature Store, sponsor of the show, I'd like to welcome Paul Oliver. Uh, Good morning. And he's here special to talk about nature, urban nature, and birds and squirrels and And, anything else you want to talk about. Stick around because we're going to be having a little... uh, well, we're going to set up a, a situation where you can win some wonderful gift certificates, uh, certificates from Urban Nature Store. Yeah. And I should say stores because you've got more than one Multi stores. Yeah. We'll we'll have um, a chat to. Uh, do you want do you want to go through your, your my my regular your announcements? Regular announcements. Did my you, God, here goes half the show. Uh, <laughs> did you want to give the phone number? Oh yeah, sure. Oh, half the show. You're the guy who <laughs> shouts out to half the people in the world. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For Toronto area listeners, here we go, 416-360-0740. And anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Remember our mantra, call early, call often, one question per call. And if you're a first-time caller, let Sebastian know. Uh, that's what's going to welcome you to the lines. Okay. Yeah, all right. Away you go, Charlie. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, okay. Where are we? Bob Cajun, Horticultural Society's 19th Annual Garden Tour, Tea and Market, on Saturday, July 11th, which will be next Saturday. Today, of course, is Independence Day mm. in the United States. So happy July 4th, July 4th to yeah. everyone uh, south of the border. But next Saturday, July 11th, from 10 until 4, the Bob Cajun Hort Society invites you to tour seven lovely gardens enhanced with horticultural displays, refreshments, and music. Meet local artists and select a treasure at the artist's garden. Consult with master gardeners. Enjoy lunch at one of the fine restaurants offering discounts to the tour participants. So tickets are available at the Bob Cajun Chamber of Commerce and at various retailers in Bob Cajun, Fenland Falls, Lindsay, and Lakefield. 
For more information, www.bobcajunhorticulture.com. So also next Saturday, July the 11th, is the Community Care Durham Uxbridge's 19th Annual Gardens of Uxbridge Garden Tour, and that's from 10 until 5 p.m. It's a self-guided tour. It's a great opportunity to see beyond the gates of nine private gardens in Uxbridge and surrounding rural area. Tickets are $25, and that includes a delicious box lunch to take on the road. You should go Whoa. on this one, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a and, good Yeah, or instead of taking it on the road, you can enjoy your lunch at the Uxbridge Senior Center where there's going to be some events going on, right. music, etc. Mm-hmm. Tickets are available on that day at the Uxbridge Senior Center, which is 75 Marietta Street in Uxbridge. And next Sunday, the Burlington Hort Society's annual garden tour. It's still garden tour season. <laughs> He's been going on for like six weeks now. But it's a, you know, with all that rain, the gardens are super lush. Man, aren't we, aren't we so thankful to see some dry weather? And then this huh? weekend is making up yeah. for last weekend particularly. Oh, I feel so sorry for anybody who had a wedding last weekend. Yeah. I know two two yeah. weddings that were up to their knees in mud. Um, so not, not so nice on the white dress. Anyway, the Burlington Hort Society's annual garden tour Sunday from 12 till 4. That's next Sunday. Tickets are $10. They are available in advance at several garden centers, funds raised from the tour and from the Society's annual perennial plant sale are used to support community projects, including flowers at Central Park, Maple Park, and school garden funding on request. There are six private gardens and three community gardens. That's a bit unusual. Normally, garden tours are in private spaces, mm-hmm. but there's actually some community gardens on this tour. They, um, for information, call Sandy at 905-977-0470 or, or burlhortsock at gmail.com. Good. Okay. that do it for now or you get one more you're going to squeeze in? Uh, maybe one more. Right. Applewood's doing their own garden summer tour. The Applewood uh, Garden Club is mm-hmm. who I spoke to a couple of weeks ago. That is also next Sunday, July 12th, 10 to 4. And, of course, it's featuring nine amazing gardens in East Oakville and the Applewood Acres. Applewood Acres is like Don Mills. I think it's yep. the second uh, planned Mm-hmm. Community, you know, residential community in North America. Um, signature tea room in one of the members' gardens. Tickets are $12. They are available at Applewood Home Hardware, 1077 North Service Road. Have fun. Okay. Uh, that takes care of some of the announcements. We'll, we'll squeeze some more in. Uh, if I know Charlie, she will. Uh, meantime, though, we're looking forward to chatting with you folks. So those numbers again, 416-360-0740. Out of town, uh, anywhere in the province, 1-866-740-4740. And uh, before the half hour is through, we want to have a chat with uh, Paul Oliver and find out how he started the Urban Nature Stores and uh, what's available. What, well, it's a, yeah, it's a we'd like to uh, talk a bit about what kind of questions people often yeah, have. And yeah. Paul does a lot of presentations to groups, yeah. so he's very well averse with the kinds of and he's sitting here with a mic open have. and, uh, we and we're not letting him, him chance to say anything. <laughs> but 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 Paul has gift certificates yeah. for people that might have the best. We have more than one gift certificate, but we want bird stories, interesting bird stories. Okay, think about that. Meantime, uh, we have to take a break here. Get right back to you here on Zoomer Radio with Charlie Dobbin and the Garden Show. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And in studio with Charlie and myself, Frank Proctor, is Paul Oliver, 
who is the proprietor, shall I say, of the Urban Nature Store. Multi-stores. Stores. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Six stores. <laughs> That's right. We'll have a chance to uh, find out more about that in just a bit. But folks have been hanging on the line. Oh, here, here's a lady from uh, one of the prettiest spots mm-hmm. in Ontario, up there in the Cremore area. Rochelle, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning and thank you. Our pleasure. Um, What's going on? And it is pretty out today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm calling about my peony bush in Toronto, mm-hmm. and I'm calling about uh, the fact that it hasn't... Uh, okay, I pulled over now. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. We were I'm wondering there. Bluetooth. I am on Bluetooth. Okay, good. Um, so I'm calling about the fact that this is the second year that it has not bloomed. All right. Are there buds on it? Yes. Buds that don't open. Yes. Big fat buds or little tiny ones? Little tiny ones, and they're blasted. I mean, they're, um, you know, they're looking uh, very withered. That's actually a good term to use, blasted, because the uh, there is actually something called bud blast of peony. It is, as I recall, and I'm going to double check this, caused by botrytis, which is a fungal disease, which limits the plant's ability to... Uh, mature for the flowers to mature tell me are those peonies how much sun are they getting no none okay really. that's They're probably your problem side of a of a big tree mm. and it's a big locust oh yeah so it doesn't get any sun at all yeah is there any way you could move those peonies this fall i i can certainly try to find a sunny spot in an otherwise very shady yard. Hmm. How about up in Creamore? Have you got some sun there? Because peonies are pretty tough. You could move them up there. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Um, so, yes, okay. Yeah, so just a well-drained soil, minimum six hours of sunlight a day, uh, and and peonies are pretty tough plants. Mm. They handle just about everything. When you do transplant them, of course, I would use a little bit of bone meal in the fall when you're moving them, and then it would just be a question of keeping on top of them in the spring, their first spring particularly. If we have a super dry spring, you'll make sure you water them and help them get established. But otherwise, uh, what's going on right now is, I'm sure, caused by lack of light and some botrytis, which is slowing the, whole, the plants right down. Are the plants going to take the botrytis with them up to Cremore? They shouldn't. What you're going to do is you're going to buy... No, because by moving them in the fall, and frankly, if you move them in September, I would just cut them down. You're just going to move the tubers. You're you're going to leave all the foliage and stems behind in Toronto, and that's where where the botrytis is located. That's great. Okay. Okay. All right, and glad you pulled over. Thank you, Michelle. (laughs) Drive safely. (laughs) Happy Bluetoothing. All righty, there you go. Thank you for your call. Doctor of uh, Dentistry here, and the folks on Bluetooth listening in. Uh, 919, well, I'll tell you what, um, I'm just going to get a little word to, uh, do you want to put a block on that line for just a moment, uh, line one, Sebastian? We're going to be using that for another purpose in a couple of minutes. In the meantime, though. Frank's <clears throat> always producing. Well, He's producing the producer you know, now. I'm, I'm freeing up some lines for a real special trivia thing we got going. Yeah. Cal in Toronto, hello, and welcome to the show. Oh, hello. Good morning. Hi, I'm just going to pull over a bit oh, for here. one second. <laughs> Turn down your radio. <laughs> okay. There, it's off. Good. Um, okay, good. Yeah, we all know about the plight of the monarch butterfly. Yeah. Right? And uh, and we keep on hearing that the only thing they ever eat is the milkweed. Right. But in my garden, I noticed one of the 
monarch butterfly caterpillars eating my dill. Mm-hmm. But that can't be a monarch butterfly larva. Well, I know what they look like, and, 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 and I can swear it was a monarch butterfly caterpillar. Like, I know what they look like. Yeah, they're very similar to many other butterfly larvae, like swallowtails, for example. They, oh. Their stripes are opposite, but oh. they have the same color stripes. So I'm wondering oh. if perhaps it's a larva of a different butterfly that is eating your dill. Because oh, okay, monarchs only eat milkweed. That's all they eat. That's the only thing. So this is not a, a freak of nature <laughs> or or, so. or i was uh, thinking maybe i should call ripley's believe it or not <laughs> take or pictures i feel uh, actually take a photograph and email me i'd love to see it if well, it's still uh, on the unfortunately dome. it's gone because the next day i went and looked for it like i didn't want to disturb it mm-hmm. and i don't know if a bird ate it or what but it was gone uh, that's why they're eating the dill so the birds won't eat them because they won't oh. taste good. <laughs> oh, okay. And the milkweed works the same way. So, oh, oh, Okay, so you're saying uh, uh, what kind of caterpillar again you said it might be? Swallowtail. Swallowtail, okay. Yeah. So they look like that too. Very similar larvae. They're, if you look up the two larvae, you'll see they're very similar. Oh, okay, I'll have to look that up. All okay, right. well, thanks. Uh, okay, Kel. Thanks for your Thank call. You. <laughs> Thank you. If I could just add yeah, uh, sure, a little Paul. pitch on behalf of monarchs mm-hmm. is encouraging people to plant milkweed. Um, that's their only food source, their nesting uh, source. And the monarch population is down about 90% yeah, since the 1990s. Kind of yeah. And uh, it's starting to come back with a little bit of our oh, help. So, uh, oh, that's good. And I am seeing milkweed, as I mentioned, quite a few of the- front gardens Mm -hmm. with a stand of milkweed uh, so people are recognizing the importance of growing it and encouraging the monarchs to be able to find and I mean it's funny normally when something's eating the garden people panic and want to spray it right there's Shoot, you know, there's holes missing in my leaves. So that's the thing is you've got to recognize, you've got to let the holes in the leaves happen because that's what the monarch butterflies are doing. They're going to eat the milkweed. Well, I feel a little flighty myself this morning. (laughs) Just a minute. I'm going to settle down here and we've got to talk about something before we have a chat. Uh, with uh, our, our guest, Paul Oliver. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a few other uh, fine sponsors standing by. And he knows, because he is, I've been kissing the hem of his garment there, bowing and scraping, genuflecting, having a sponsor in with us, you know. Yes. Uh, but uh, we have another sponsor you and I like to yes. talk about, of course, and that is Sierra Sill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie, uh, you know one of my favorite things, one of the products, they have several, but one of the products I use occasionally when I'm out doing some work and I get a little sore muscle or so, a little, uh, the analgesic, uh, topical spray. It is absolutely fantastic. Contains seven of the world's uh, best pain relievers, natural pain relievers, mm-hmm. along with Sierra Sil. And it's you wind up smelling like you've fallen out of a pine tree, which it's is the craziest thing. I mean, it why is. you would want but, to fall out of a pine tree? See, I don't Charlie know. always laughed at me, but then you tried some. I right? know, and it really does smell amazing. So <laughs> it's true. Go. It's worth it just for the smell. And your idea of spritzing it in the bath is a great idea yep. too. Yep. So it's a muscle relaxant and pain reliever for muscles versus the traditional Sierra Sil, which you and I take daily, which is all for the joints. That's right. So a completely natural mineral supplement found in the Sierra Mountains somehow magically keeps those joints oiled and keeps us moving and active, which is so important, whether we're gardening or raking or kickboxing or snow shoveling or whatever we're doing, we want to be active. And how do you get in touch with these folks? Sierra Sill, you can give them a call at one eight seven seven joint 14 or check them on the web, sierrasill.com. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L.
Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And a good morning, one and all, on this beautiful, beautiful Saturday uh, here in Zoomer Country Boy. We've got a special guest in studio with Charlie and I. That would mm-hmm. be Paul Oliver of Urban Nature Store. Mm-hmm. So, Charlie, uh, well, we're just going to talk about uh, the store and, and such. But, folks, I want you to get lined up with thoughts about what flocks are flying into your backyard. Right. Uh, right? We want to hear bird stories. That's well, right. you've got unusual birds coming in, birds you've never had before. Unexpected or, birds. Yeah, unexpected um, birds. Good stories. Anyway, we do have some giveaway gift certificates, or it's Paul does. Yeah. And he's going to be judging the best stories. Okay. So get those calls ready because uh, Sebastian's going to you know, answer the lines now. Right. And, uh, and they're very exciting uh, now, um, opportunities. Now, Paul, can, can you give us a little background on your stores? Um, how, how did you get into the business? Um, it was sort of a bit serendipitous. Um, I uh, was actually involved in developing tree care products, mm-hmm. and we were uh, doing that. And then we just were talking to so many people in the in the U.S. Uh, about different specialty stores that were catering to the gardening or the birding sector. And it was just an area that we found that Toronto didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of really good high-quality birding products available. And so we were getting people that were saying, oh, I have to go to the States to get this because that feeder is not available. Mm -hmm. And as we were doing more of that market research, talking to people for other things that we were doing, um, the idea just came to us to to try it out. And um, so we opened our first store about 10 years ago, and uh, it, it focuses on really good quality birding, nature, gardening, so everything from educational toys for kids that teach them about nature and how to interact with it to uh, uh, 150 different types of bird feeders, 100 different types of bird houses. So a lot of times when people come into the store, they walk in, they go, wow, yeah. I just didn't even know this existed. Right. And, um, and the other thing we try to do is really get feedback from customers. If they've seen a really unique product somewhere, if they're interested in it, it probably means 10 other people mm-hmm. are. And so what we'll do is we'll source that product based on the recommendation of the customer, get it in uh, into our stores and make it available. So you're very proactive with, with your customer base. That's great. Yeah. And, and we get a huge amount of feedback from customers. This feeder they really like, this one that they would like to see improved by changing this on it. And we work very closely with the manufacturers to give them the feedback so that they can actually change their design. We even have manufacturers that send us their prototypes types that we give to some of our good customers oh, wow, to test, to test yeah. and say, this is how we can improve it. This one works excellent. This one needs a little tweaking. I was just taking a look at your store locations. This is interesting. You've got one in Etobicoke in the uh, Toronto West area, Leaside, Toronto East, Mississauga, Oshawa, Pickering, Vaughan, Woodbridge, and Buffalo, New York. Well, bu- Buffalo is actually a warehouse that we have. Okay. A lot of u- our customers in the U.S. pick up product there or it's shipped Terrific. out of there. But what it allows us to do is to work with small su- manufacturers in the U.S. that make really mm-hmm. customized product that mm-hmm. don't ship to Canada, mm-hmm. but will ship to Buffalo. We actually bring Perfect. it up then for Go our customers. Pick it up, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, now, you've got some gift certificates. You've been very kind enough to bring some in uh, to reward our listeners for interesting stories about what birds are flying in. What 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 Flocking. birds are flocking in your backyard, right? <laughs> oh, good heavens! Uh, uh, Thelma in Guelph has an interesting little story, I'm told. So let's join uh, Thelma here. Hi, uh, good morning, Thelma. Welcome to the show. Thank you, and good morning to you all. Morning. Good morning. 
Oh, birds, how many would you like? <laughs> Stories? One, one good one would be really helpful. Oh, yeah. uh, we had a baby woodpecker. Baby woodpecker? into the gazebo behind a chair. Uh-huh. Didn't know what to do with it. And thought, well, I don't want to touch it in case the mother won't come back. Mm-hmm. Well, lo and behold, not ten minutes later, the mother came behind the gazebo and picked up the little bird and showed it how to get out. No. Wow. How did it she pick was, it up? I have like, never seen anything like that before. Wow. So this little bird kind of fell out of the nest then. It wasn't really ready to be out. Yeah. he end- Somehow he ended up. He flew into under the gazebo. Yeah. So he was learning how to fly. Fledging, yeah, yeah. But a little confused, I think. Oh, yeah. So often they are. That's great. I have hummingbirds uh-huh. who are fighting with the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. I put the Oreo food out in the spring, not one. Mm-hmm. So I put the hummingbirds out. They come. All of a sudden, now we have a family of Baltimore Orioles eating the hummingbird food. <laughs> Isn't that they don't know cool. the difference between red and orange, obviously. No, now the hummingbirds aren't too happy. <laughs> oh, neat. Uh. And my poor woodpeckers, <laughs> everything's eating them. Blue jays. Yesterday morning at 7 o'clock, I woke up to this horrendous noise. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, no, another bird. <laughs> well, it was a baby blue jay sitting on top of the gazebo. Wow, that's <laughs> And I'm thinking, i got to move, right? <laughs> I don't need an alarm clock. Yeah, you your neighbors must, that are doing it. neighbors must love you, eh? Well, Thelma, oh, I, 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 I got to tell you. Wind chimes. I just have birds. <laughs> You've certainly earned a gift certificate. I want to make sure, number one. Well, uh, have Paul you... gets to decide. Has oh. Thelma earned oh, a gift I'm certificate? Sorry. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, with her uh, Orioles and the hummingbirds yeah. and the baby woodpecker, everything. That's that's money well spent there, I'll tell mm. you. Uh, the Thelma, only thing that's missing is the finches. Right. You're not, you're, not, you're not getting many finches this year? Uh? No. My husband neglected to plant beets. Oh. And they love beet tops. So you're giving him the that. devil. Uh, really? Oh. Finches love beet tops? They come and they <laughs> yes. peck at the, le- oh. the leaves. They just take all the little holes out of the top of the beet tops. Oh, the, the Wow. Oh, no beets this year. No beets. But, you know, I have a lot of cats in my neighborhood, and I do have a lot of finches, but they come to the feeders. If I had beets and they were down at the ground pecking at the beets, the cats would just be picking them off, I think. Oh, that's true. So, I don't, yeah, maybe the beets isn't... I mean, I don't know if you have... Maybe you don't have cats in your neighborhood the way I do. Not many, no. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> that's my worry. Thelma, that's great. I want you to hold on. Blackbirds I'll give you. Oh, I don't want them. Thanks. No, they're <laughs> terrible things. Thelma, uh, you've given your phone number, have you, uh, to uh, Sebastian? No. no. Stay okay. on the line. Stay on the line, and uh, Sebastian will get your phone number. We'll have uh, Paul give you a call back to get your address. And what will you be sending, Thelma, Paul? Uh, for everyone that wins today, it'll be a $25 gift card. Well, Wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay. Excellent. Well, thanks for calling, Thelma. Good stories. And the lines are open, and we so we need another call. Or we a couple do. More calls, we would like. Actually. But in the meantime, what? maybe Paul. What were mm. you going to say? No, I was just going to give the phone numbers again. Okay, well, you want to okay, do that? Sure. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty and one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. That's toll free anywhere in Ontario. The show is for the birds this morning, so. <laughs> Give us a ring and, uh, t- oh, the lines are going like crazy. Here. Okay. okay, so Well, let meantime, the lines go. Oh, yep. I was going to say, Paul brought with him, for me, some safflower seed. And part of that is because I have a lot of cardinals in my yard and chickadees. 
But you, there was some good reasons why you thought safflower might be a really good choice for my backyard. Uh, yeah, as Thelma mentioned when she at the end of her call, she mentioned the blackbirds. A lot mm-hmm. of people have problems with grackles showing up, mm-hmm. and generally, grackles don't show up as one grackle; it's a whole gang of grackles. Uh-huh. And they're a big bird; they're an aggressive bird, and they scare a lot of other birds away. The one thing that grackles don't like is safflower, mm-hmm. and it's because they're beaks are very pointy it's a it's a thick shell hard to open and so they can't open it easily and they very quickly realize that they'll head off to a different feeder whereas the other birds will stay and continue to eat it right. chickadees finches will eat safflower but cardinals love it hmm. it's actually the most favorite food for cardinals and the other nice thing about safflower is squirrels don't like it perfect because um, it has a bitter taste when they uh, chomp down on it and so they very quickly will learn to stay away from it so for cardinals it's a great one to put in an open feeder a platform mm-hmm. feeder cardinals love that and uh, and the squirrels and the grackles aren't bothering it and would the safflower be likely to grow if the seeds do hit the ground it, it does grow but yeah. it's a long germination right. one so okay. it's it's not uh, normally uh, one that uh, people have a lot of problems Problems yeah. with uh, yeah. that yeah. way. Well, I mean, you can always pull, but you know, millet will grow, sunflowers will grow, etc. Okay. And yep. did you want to go to I another think, caller? Well, another caller is on the line. Ellen in Brantford. Good morning. Um, I just wanted to tell you that uh, the, the strangest thing that I've ever seen is um, goldfinches that eat spinach. Oh, I, you should have seen the reaction from Paul. <laughs> what? You, you, you must have Popeye uh, <laughs> finches there. <laughs> well, I thought they were swooping down and getting bugs or something. But I checked, and they seem to be eating the spinach leaves because the spinach leaves have little nips out of them. <laughs> Do you think that's possible? It, it's possible. My guess is it's probably an insect that they're seeing on it, or they think there's an insect Aww, of some sort. I like my story. <laughs> no, but, I but, think they need iron. Yes. They know. They know that's good. Good uh, micronutrients. When, when, when they're flying away, though, are their arms popping out and the muscles bulging out? Uh, <laughs> Wings have grown. <laughs> well, that, that's great. Well, yeah. I don't know, Paul. What do you think? That uh, the hey. It, if if she has Popeye ones up there, I'm I'm uh, game for a good a gift card for that. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> well, I'm I'm hoping. Thanks so much. Okay, Thanks. hang on the line. Don't go away, Ellen. Right. Okay, we'll get your phone number. At least Sebastian will, and uh, we'll take another call here about birds uh, from Namita. Is that correct Hi. in East York? That's right. Hi, Namita. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you very much. Good morning. Well, I'm going to echo what the lady said, but it was just this morning that I saw the baby woodpecker on my magnolia. Oh. My magnolia has an awful case of the scale. I don't know why. So maybe they think this tree is dying. No, they um, want to eat that scale. Which uh, is no, good. but maybe, maybe the wood is dying. So maybe they, do you think they might want to peck around and see what's happening there? No, I, I suspect that they're pecking at it because the scale insect is a great food for them. Oh, great. They'll go for any type of insect, Wonderful. and scale is one that it's not moving. They don't have to do a lot of work for it. They can peck it away oh. and uh, get lots of nutrients out mm-hmm. of it. Great. They're welcome then. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but what I've seen on my magnolia, the same one that uh, has the scale, I've seen a rose-bested grosbeak. Oh. And uh, it was just sitting there, and for the longest time, it just you know sat and looked around. Well, so how did you know what that bird was? Did you quickly look it up in a book? Well, I know that. Uh, I mean, I've gone was... through my um, bird book, and I, I do know what, what it looks like. Cool. Uh, yes, and uh, uh, talking about goldfinches, they love the Swiss chard. I have huge holes in my Swiss chard, so they love the greens. Yeah. 
Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I, you know what? F- goldfinches are very interesting birds, to my mind, because they're the one that doesn't give birth in the spring. They wait. They, they don't even nest and lay eggs till what? July, I think it is. Yeah, uh, Mid-July? Yeah. Mid-July. And, and the, the thinking is, is because goldfinches aren't gold in the winter. They're quite khaki colored. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, and so we don't even realize they're goldfinches. We just don't even recognize them when they're not yellow. And then all of a sudden they start turning yellow in the spring. And when I was reading about it, the, the thinking was that a lot of energy goes into creating that yellow color for the plumage, which means they don't have the energy to lay eggs until later, late spring, early summer. Mm. So I'm wondering if, if all this eating of greens might have something to do with that coloration as well. Possibly. And I have just a finch feeder. I don't have anything else, like not a, not, no mixed be- bird feed. It's mm-hmm. just finch feeder and uh, sunflower seeds. That's all mm-hmm. I have in my feeder. So they come. But now the sparrows have learned to uh, feed upside down, too. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're a pretty adaptable bird. Are they ever, yes. <laughs> well, you're gonna, it sounds like you're going to get a gift certificate, so you can always go shopping and get yourself another feeder by the sounds of it. I'll do that. So I've been to the Leaside ex- store. Expand that. Perfect. Because you are in East York. Wonderful. Okay. So stay on the line, Namita. I will. Thank you so much. What were you going to say? Do you think that there could be the eating of greens, or is that just silly? I, I, I'm not sure if it, there is a direct correlation mm. or that, but a lot of times that the birds will change their eating patterns throughout mm. the seasons um, as they're going into the mating season, as they're trying to get the plumage to get brighter colors to attract mm. all the girls. And, uh, <laughs> um, and, so, and I, I think that's partly also why you don't see they're their not as bright a color right early in the season. It's yeah. a bit later because they mm. actually have to get their best smocks out to, yeah, to attract right. them. And it's going to be food. It's got to be food-based, right? Anything. It's like, you know, health. Exactly. It's all about Demo. food. And that's part of our responsibility is to make sure that the birds are healthy and fed properly. Absolutely. Right? We, we have to take a bit of a break, but we're going to come back. And we might have – oh, we've got two more callers who want to let – you know, find out about the uh, uh, bird tell stories. Tell yeah, yeah. Tell a bird story is what our show is about today. It's all but, the birds. But uh, we're going to return, Charlie and I and Paul Oliver, who is the proprietor of Urban Nature Stores. Okay, and we'll, we'll have you check that out online too. Interesting stuff that they do. Okay, back in just a couple of moments here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You pick the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. We have a special guest in studio, Charlie and I, and it's Paul Oliver of UrbanNatureStore.ca. And he knows a lot about birds. Yeah. So if you have any questions about birds, I mean, we love your stories, but if you have questions about birds or squirrels or cats or raccoons or this any of those the guy to talk to. critters that might be either pleasing you or displeasing you, definitely give us a call. Right. Well, let's see what's uh, cooking here in Oshawa. Nancy's on the line. Good morning, Nancy. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I could tell you a million stories. <laughs> Anyways, this is this one happened twice in the, in the 59 years I've lived on this street. There was a pair of mallards came up from the Oshawa Creek, up the sidewalk, going up every driveway, searching for a nesting place. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> the second time it happened, it was the same scenario, but the second time for the second pair of birds, 
She went up the driveway, and he stood out in the middle of the road, and the guy nearly ran him over until oh. he realized what was in the middle of the road. Oh, my God. Wow. How about that? Two lovebirds trying to find a motel. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, and, and she looked like she would settled on something, or he was. Uh. She would say, nope, we're no. not taking that one off the window. Oh, that's cool. That, that, that's actually similar to wrens. Ironically, it's actually the male that builds the house, but he builds two or three of them. Mm-hmm. And okay. then takes his girlfriend out or wife <laughs> and to show her them, and then she gets to pick which one the she, she likes. Wow. She likes. Wow. Well, there Hard you go. So. That is pretty fancy stuff, huh? That's great. That's well, hold, great. hold on to the line, Nancy. That's a great story. Well, I, I wasn't going to call him, but I thought this, this yeah. has got to be Oh, cool. that's cute. That's a cute story. <laughs> Good stuff. Thank you for joining us, but don't go away. Hang on and talk to Sebastian, okay? We need your phone number. And Binbrook, uh, out there toward the, let's see, from us, it'll be a little northeast, I do believe. Evelyn, hi. Good morning. Hi. How are you? We're well, I think. <laughs> morning. <laughs> I listen to you, your show every Saturday morning. I enjoy it immensely. It's Anyhow, my little story has to do with a uh, couple of little doves we get in our yard every year. And when my husband puts the sprinkler on, they have their shower there every morning. <laughs> they lift one wing and then the other. And they also like to feed on the skirt of our bird feeder for our finch. Uh-huh. So when the finch aren't eating, they go up there and they eat their little breakfast, and then they have the shower. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and by the way, is um, east of Stony Creek. Oh, oh not I'm northeast, going the yeah. Yeah. southwest. Yeah. And we have lots of birds. We get the blue fin- or the yellow finch, mm. the purple finch, red-headed finch, all kinds of finch up here. Mm. I've had a few robins nesting around here, but I enjoy the doves. Yeah, exactly. The who birds. Yeah, <laughs> they do that. <laughs> they definitely do. That's sweet, the, the idea of, of showering. And actually that t- brings us to the importance of water in the garden. Yeah, for, for birds, water in the garden um, is really, really important. And each bird gets it a bit differently. A lot of, like the uh, robin loves to belly flop in a big, deep uh, bird bath. Yeah, um, I have that. Yeah. Hummingbirds like water. They're not going to bathe in it, but they like little misters where they can uh, uh, fly by, get a little moisture on their uh, feathers and that. Yeah. Um, another way to attract uh, hummingbirds. Uh, but for uh, wintertime, water is actually harder to find for the birds than it uh, food is. Mm-hmm. So putting oh. out heated bird baths, things like that are really important. But the one thing I actually really encourage people to do at this time of the year or during the summer is if they've got a deep bird bath is fill half of it with river stones. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's for okay. a couple of reasons. One, it allows the big birds if they want to belly flop in one half. But for the juvenile birds, it allows them sort of a baby steps to get into the uh, bird bath. Uh-huh. And yeah. more importantly, a lot of juvenile birds have just learned to fly. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to fly when their feathers are wet, so they go into a deep bird bath and they can't get out of it. Mm-hmm. But oh, by having oh. the stones there, the mommy birds can actually encourage them to climb back out. Mm-hmm. They can dry off, and then they can go back into flying. Mm-hmm. And then the other, going back to our caller about monarch butterflies, butterflies actually need water. Mm-hmm. By having okay. the river stones, they can actually land on the stone, drink a little bit of water, and it's something that they can't do normally in deep deep water, but it's that shallow water for them. Because well, I always remember reading about butterflies, and it's important to not have deep water, because mm-hmm. if they're getting a little drink off the side of a birdbath and a gust of wind blows, they can get blown right into that deep birdbath, and then they can't get out. Yes. They oh, drown. Okay. Right. So they need very shallow water. Yeah. Just so, so their little feet get a little bit wet, and then they'll, they'll uh, lick. Yeah, and putting a whole bunch tongues. of river stones in one half of the birdbath yeah, allows idea. that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. That's a wonderful idea. Thank you. Excellent. Evelyn, hang on the line for us, will you? I will. All righty. And uh, Sebastian will get your phone number. Make sure that you uh, receive that $25 gift certificate from Paul Oliver of Urban Nature Store. Um, we're going to have to take a little break, but we do have other, line, uh, other callers in on the lines. And we will get to you momentarily right after we talk a little bit about some of our other fine sponsors. And that would be Sierra Silt. Now, they're based in Vancouver, a wonderful Canadian company. They are wonderful to deal with. Charlie will give you their phone number in just a moment. But we're talking based basically about three particular items. Uh, the first is, uh, the first product that we became aware of is the actual Sierra Sill pill. It comes from the Sierra Mountains, as discovered many years ago, but it was patented mm-hmm. by the Sierra Sill company. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just marvelous what it does for your body. If you have sore joints, uh, that sort of thing, boom. Yeah. You take three in the morning, as, as Charlie and I do, and that pretty well takes care of things. And, and, hey, it doesn't work for everybody, right? Well, that's right. If it's going to work, you'll know. Within 14 days, it's either giving you some relief or not. Uh, and there is the newest joint formula, the active joint formula that they've just introduced. So same idea, same little mineral supplement with the addition of curcumin, and that is an, an analgesic, basically. So right. you're getting the joint relief and some pain relief with that particular pill. And they will mail this to you directly or you can buy it at many of the fine uh, health, health food, stores. food stores. So give them a call if yep. you have any questions, or you can check them on the web. The phone number is one eight seven seven joint 14 or the website is sierrasil.com. And it's S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frank Proctor here in studio, the sous chef of the garden. And I must have been in my exuberance. <laughs> uh, I have exceeded the gift certificate. So, Laura, you're going to be donating your story <laughs> this morning. Uh, hiya, how are things in the heiress? Oh, just fine. Thank you, Frank. Morning. Yeah. Good morning, Charlie. Um, I'm not looking for a gift certificate or anything. I don't think there's a store in Guelph. Uh, that's the closest place. But I've got lots of bird stories. Tell well, you. tell us your best one. I got well. I got a blue jay that comes here every day, and he sits outside the. I, I'm sitting at the table inside the sliding doors, eating my breakfast or my lunch or my supper. He comes and he he sits on the deck and he waits for me to get peanuts to toss out to him. <sighs> and uh, trained blue jay. What's that? A trained blue jay. <laughs> yeah, he's trained already. He's got me trained. Yeah, that too. <laughs> and he'll sit right there while I toss them out. He doesn't fly away. And I had four male grosbeaks here the other day. Mm. And now that they've got a, a baby, they're feeding him out here on the little clothesline. Aww. And, of course, i got canaries, which is house finches, mm-hmm. goldfinches, yeah. and uh, downy woodpeckers. Laura, when they say you're for the birds, they aren't kidding. <laughs> One of the, uh, the it's very common to hear the stories about uh, blue jays. Um, they're really big bird, very aggressive bird. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people put out peanuts separate for them so that they don't scare the other birds yeah. uh, away. But the one thing that they are is also a very time-sensitive bird. So if at 8 o'clock every morning you put out four peanuts for them on a picnic table, they'll yeah. be there at 8 o'clock every morning waiting for their peanuts. Yeah. Heavens yeah, to be, think smart. if it's a Saturday and you want to sleep in, right. he'll be there at 8 o'clock and he'll let you know by 8.05 breakfast is late. Yeah, And they are loud. <laughs> Very loud. I've never seen them bother any of the other birds. As a matter of fact, morning doves 
I've seen them stab at the, uh, take a jab at the Blue Jays. Yeah, really? Because the Blue Jays fly away from them. (laughs) They're more aggressive than the Blue Jays. (laughs) That's reverse to what I would have thought. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Laura. You're welcome. All righty. Nice to have you with us. All right. Take care. Speaking of taming birds, chickadees are really easy to, to, again, do that kind of put your hand out with some seed and they'll come land on your hand. Yes. They'll do anything for food. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They can become very domesticated. Yeah. uh, Very trusting. uh, Comfortable around uh, people. That's actually, I think, why chickadees are one of the most popular birds for people uh, because they're so friendly and they'll allow you to come up very close uh, to them uh, and Mm, that. So neat. I mean, I I think cardinals are very popular just because they're so beautiful and so identifiable as well. Yeah, and and very Canadian. People identify the bright red bird as Mm. a Canadian. uh, The northern cardinal. uh, Northern cardinal. Um, But the challenge with them is they're a big bird, but Mm. they're a timid bird. They are. And um, so in my backyard, what I actually had to do is put a separate feeder out because Mm. he was being scared away by the group of chickadees or the finches uh, Mm. showing up. And so I put out a platform feeder, just a nice open one, because the one thing about cardinals is they can't land on a straight perch and twist right. and turn the way a regular bird does. They actually have to forward feed, so they have to have a curved perch or, a, as I say, a cardinal high chair put on for them mm-hmm. um, or a great hopper or platform feeder. And the male cardinal, for some reason, likes to walk around in his food, mm-hmm. so he lands in the platform feeder, walks around, he gets safflower, the other birds don't bother him there, and then he'll um, be able to then make sure the feeder is safe for his girlfriend. Yeah. I think they're married now, but uh, they... <laughs> and I think they're married for life, too, aren't yes. they? The yeah. birds they, that, yeah, they're yeah, together. They're, they're a pair, and yeah. they'll be there forever. Yeah. And, and they, they come back to the same spot. They and, do. And they constantly feed at the same spot. That's right. I mean, I had four pairs of cardinals last winter. Now, they are very shy at this time of year because of the whole nesting thing. So I don't see them coming as a group the way I did in the winter. But certainly, and there's always one on the outlook. Yes. So one always sits and watches for cats and people and anything while one eats. They're very protective of each other. And and that's when you're doing gardening and planning for your backyard is actually having layers that uh, the birds can actually perch high, come down, Mm -hmm. gradually come over to the feeder, Mm -hmm. having lots of evergreens Mm -hmm. because that's actually where their protection is in the wintertime, but also their protection against predator birds that are flying around up top uh, that uh, we don't often think of as a predator for them. We think of cats on the ground, but a lot of times hawks are... uh, and you're right about the cedar hedge. This when it was so cold this winter, mm-hmm. like they're just freezing, freezing, you know, thirty below. But the sun was shining. All the birds would line up inside my cedar hedge, which was facing south. So they were completely protected from the wind, the north wind. But they had the sun on their fronts, and so it was obviously a very warm spot. And they would all just sit there, you know, the peak warmth time of the day or sunniest time of day, and just blast out for a little bit of food, but go right right back into that yeah. hedge. Yeah, it's when we had the ice storm there. Mm-hmm year and a half, two years ago, um, that was a lot of their natural habitats mm-hmm. were, were damaged. Right. And um, so uh, people are replanting them, rebuilding them, pruning the trees to make them uh, uh, usable for the birds again. Uh, but the evergreens, evergreens, and even more evergreens, you right. can never say enough for that. Yeah, for shelter. That's a really good point. Yeah, okay, yeah, these are all good points. You know, we're going to be kicked out of the nest here momentarily. Oh. The voice, uh, yeah, Dave's Corner Garage, the gang has arrived. Oh, hear and, them. Uh, yeah. I hear their engines, engines. yeah. <laughs> but, gee, what a pleasure, Paul, it's been to uh, have you in the studio today. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to go in, out to one of your locations, six locations, and check things out. It's amazing uh, just ha- having you describe what you have there, Urban yeah. Nature Stores. And, it, in fact, if you go online, it's urbannaturestore.com. 
dot ca mm-hmm. for all yes. the information and thank you for being so kind to give away uh, yeah. so many uh, oh, my pleasure uh, yeah i know our coupons. callers love that we'll have to get you back because we didn't even get a chance to talk about hummingbirds and of course i think be optimal maybe get you back in the fall when we're getting prepared for our winter feeding uh season oh, I'd, I'd, and uh love to have you back if you're willing great all right thanks oh, so much paul okay. appreciate it and you, Franklin, you're, you've got things to do, probably? Yeah. I, matter of fact, I have a special guest coming up uh, between 2 and 3, mm-hmm. about 2.45. Marilyn Lightstone's making an appearance tomorrow night, the Jazz Bistro. And so uh, we're going to have uh, Marilyn on to little interview. talk. And with David Warwick at the keyboard. So it's going to be oh, a great, uh, great interview and lots of fun. Good fact, party. Uh, yeah, I'm taking a group of friends out there myself. Tomorrow. I'm not surprised. Well, there you are. And I, after this, am heading... Uh, Elliot's joined me at the studio today for the first time ever and we brought our bicycles so we're going cycling along the lakeshore today excellent good day for it beautiful weather for a change so thank you thanks very much paul again thanks sebastian for all your good help thank you frank as always and to our great callers and great storytellers appreciate hearing from all of you we'll see you all again next week the garden show is brought to you by the urban nature store everything for folks who love wild birds Six GTA locations, including Woodbridge, Mississauga, and Oshawa. Visit urbannaturestore.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's Mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.